Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. It's been a really long time. I'm so sorry. I was traveling and I had three socially inept uh, roast shows. We had one huge show in San Francisco. 200 people came out at two Cobb's Comedy Club. And then we had two in Venice in LA, which wasn't as packed, but was super fun. Uh, yeah, I'm back from my break and we're going to do more podcasting. Uh, in this episode, we have a great guest. We have Tyler Smith of The Dope Show, and uh, I learn a lot here. Uh, the Dope Show is a weed-based comedy show where comedians do their sets, and then they get high and do them again. Uh, he's had a ton of success expanding his show to a bunch of cities around the Pacific Northwest and West Coast, and we talk about that and we also talk about how he fills up a giant theater and makes a ton of money. Uh, this is super interesting if you're looking to produce really cool shows. Anyway, sorry for the long-winded intro. I hope you guys enjoy. I always wanted to ask you so many questions since I saw uh, how you're doing the dope show and I was so like so inspired by it. Um, oh, thanks, man. So, so I figured I, w- I would just like record this interview because it would just it. It's true to my podcast of like helping other comics and people starting out, and also I'm just so interested in what you have to say, so I'll probably like listen back to it myself. All right, sweet man. So how's it going? How's your day going it's today, going man? Good. Are we recording right now? Yeah, yeah, dude. We are. Okay. We're recording. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, it's going good. I'm uh, just up on a boat. San Juan's. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's just like right above Seattle, right? Um, I think we're in the lower part. So we're like down by Tacoma. Oh, Actually, very we're, cool. We're in the more of a, I guess it's called the sound. We're in the sound. Okay. Now, wait, so are, your friend just like has a boat? Um, yeah. That's awesome. Do you, do you go out and do friends. this a lot? I'm, I haven't gone that far. Are you still like... When I was little, my dad had this like little canoe, and that was the extent of my boating. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing crazy. A few of my friends have boats because a few of my friends are not comedians. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, if you're not <laughs> a comedian, you can nice afford things. a boat. Exactly, that is for sure. <laughs> um, that is true. Um, dude, so um, I'm just so curious. I mean. When did uh, you start doing the Dope Show? Uh, so I started doing the Dope Show in 2016. Uh, January 10th was the first show. And it was over at the Comedy Underground in Seattle. Really? So what uh, what like inspired you to start that show? Um. Well, honestly, there was like other shows that had a similar premise and. Um, I knew there was a market for it. I think it was like, and it kind of fits my brand. Like I'm a pretty big marijuana comic. Like uh, my first project outside of comedy that was still involved in comedy was my cooking show, which was Something's Burning, the uh, a marijuana cooking show. Oh, awesome. Uh, and like that got a lot of steam. I was um, doing pretty well, uh, and I, but I just wasn't making money in comedy. So honestly, I was just like, uh, well, let's just try and, produce my own show um and that was my favorite one like i've been on a, a bunch of them uh like i'm not the only person that does 
the premise, which is, you know, perform and then get high and then perform again. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever work with that other show? I when I saw that, um, I always assumed like that maybe you guys worked together and there was a riff or something. Yeah, no, there totally was. Um, but uh, I mean, there's been I've been on like four or five of these shows. Like, uh, they're not the very first one I was on was called the Brownie Show, which was uh, put on by Adam Norwest at Tacoma Comedy Club. Um, and then yeah, I uh, did the other show, which uh, I, I hate talking about it. <laughs> yeah, we well, don't have to go too in detail about it if you don't want. Because we're like such a it's such a one sided rivalry, but. Um, yeah, so people are protective of the premise, but I think the premise is uh, unprotected. It's just anybody can do it. So um, I wanted to make money, so that's why I started doing it. Sweet. And did you make money right off the bat during the show? Um, so I headlined the other show, like the first eight times that show went on. Um, and I think between all those headlinings, I made about $120. And uh, the first time I produced my own show, I made 500. Wow. That's a huge um, difference. Huge difference. So I was just like, screw it. This is what I'm going to do now. Like uh, anything that eliminates other people from making money off of your art or your ideas, you know, it's just stupid. So um, I just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do a brunt of the work and start putting on my own shows and just see how well it goes. And it's just been kind of taken off. Wow. That. That's incredible. I mean, it's awesome how you're just like producing your own show now. And are you basically making a living from that show? Yeah, this is all I do. Wow. That's so exciting. Cause I, I don't know if you know, I mean, I guess you talked to Jesse a little bit, so you kind of know about socially inept, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my goal is so I can be able to full time, like produce a show and then just do comedy. Um, For sure. How did you get to a point where you're like, you just feel comfortable only doing that? Was it a hard um, choice? Well, it took about three years before, like almost, I, I started doing it full time uh, January this year. Oh, really? Um, Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, uh, um, I don't know, I was making uh, probably more or equivalent to what I was making at my day job. Um, so I was just like, fuck it. This is, uh, you know, it's probably the best time for me to do it. I hated my day job. What um, was your day job? I was a marketing director. Oh, that's a pretty um, good day job though. Director yeah. of marketing. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, um, and like pretty much all producing is, is marketing. So I'm just like, screw it. Yeah. It's so I, I'm sure that must've like helped a lot. Do you think like that background really allowed you to like thrive compared to other shows and producers? Uh, yeah, like a 100%, 100%. Cause the show is just marketing. It's just marketing. If you don't know how to do marketing, if you're not good at like, you know, uh, digital marketing or if you don't know about SEO or how to build a website, how to make things look good. It's just, you're going to have a lot more of a struggle making your show. That's so true. That's interesting how much marketing plays such a huge role in us getting people to come out too. Cause they just kind of see the premise and see the ad and it looks cool. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know how much more there is to it. Um, like I, don't, I don't use names to sell out venues. Like I use the show. Like, yeah. So it's, it has to be presented well. 
Are there any tools that you feel like you could talk about that don't compromise like how special your show is, but like that could help people that want to build their own show, maybe for a different niche audience? Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's some pretty simple things, like getting a, a website built, like, if you don't know how to use it, like, I don't know how to make websites from scratch, uh, like, I'm not a coder at all, but, like, I can use Squarespace pretty well, make yourself, like, a very presentable site, um, or Wix, like, anything like that, like, first it kind of starts with that website, so you have something that's presentable, and then, um, from there, uh, like, I use the whole Adobe suite. Oh, yeah, like Photoshop, and... Premiere yeah. and all Premier that stuff. Make movie clips. Um, just using all those things, all those gizmos. Um, there's a, a site um, that gives you a lot of templates. It's pretty cool. I think it's called like Theme Forest. Or there's oh. Is that for the um, website templates? Yeah, so that's like website templates. So you don't have to do much. You can just fill in. It's just like click and drag, fill in everywhere to make it. If you don't want to go with like Squarespace, if you want to do like a Shopify or um, WordPress, you want to do any of that type of stuff, they just have the theme templates for you. So like those are pretty easy. I made, um, I think my the Dope Show website's a, a theme that I got off there. Um, it's called like the comedian theme. It's like super easy. I just, just, I just tore it up a little bit so it's a little bit more unique to me, but. Oh, very um, cool. But uh, yeah, like those are just simple tools. Mailchimp stuff like that. Oh, to maintain your like followers. Yeah, keep in contact. Do uh, you use like Eventbrite for your ticketing? Uh, for some of them, I do. Uh, some of them, the tickets have to go through the venue. Yeah, I've encountered that. Yeah. What do you just want to make sure you're being honest? Yeah. What do you do when? <clears throat> because uh, for us, we get a lot of value out of our Eventbrite. And what's cool about Eventbrite is you can make affiliate links where you can track what like uh, advertising sources are getting the most um, getting the most views. Have you tried that? Have you heard of that? Eventbrite is kind of new to me. Like I think I started my first event this last month. Was the first time I used it. Oh okay. Because I almost solely do comedy clubs, and comedy clubs don't let you do that. But one comedy gotcha. club I'm working with is letting me do it. Um, just because I, I, when I came familiar with it, I was like, I want to try this out just to see if it makes it easier for people to buy tickets. Because I, I just, I only suggested it for this one comedy club because their website kind of sucks. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's just eliminate good steps for people to, uh, you know, for people to have to click on things to buy tickets and just do it right there. And like, it's so effective that I've had to refund a few people because they accidentally buy tickets. Yeah, dude, it's uh, crazy because Eventbrite can automatically integrate with Facebook. So you could sell tickets directly from the event, which exactly. makes the, the steps, like you said, so much less so that you're probably going to end up selling more tickets just by nature of it being easier. Right. Uh, the like only thing kind of about thing. that is that when you set up an event through Eventbrite, it's hard to uh, like put notifications within the event on your uh, business account, like, like it's hard to do it locally, at least on an iPhone. So that's like the only problems I had with Eventbrite, but. What kind of notifications, what do you mean? Like, you know, if you want to post something in the event, like, yo, tickets are on sale now, or we just announced oh. the lineup. Like, instead of coming through the dope show, comes in my personal shit, and I'm like, ah, oh, go fuck yourself, Eventbrite. Oh, <laughs> that's annoying. It's so annoying, because it looks so unprofessional if you're posting in there yourself. It's like, what's up guys, I'm some asshole. <laughs> Oh, like the Eventbrite, like 
it shows the user instead of the sh- like the business name. Is that exactly. what you're saying? Oh, exactly. that is weird. Huh. I haven't really done many announcements yet, but I imagine we'll probably encounter that same thing. Um, I, I like to keep, um, I think it's called edge ranking, just like keeping notifications active for the event so people, like if they, if they see it, the sponsor, they're like, oh, I'm interested in that, but they might forget about it, so you just keep trying to plug them by just oh. being persistent. Interesting. That's called edge ranking? Yeah, I believe so. Cool. Um, what other like little things do you do that like help optimize or bring your show in front of an audience? Do you, I mean, I imagine you must be use Facebook ads. That's what we do for our show. Yeah. Facebook ads, Instagram ads, uh, there's, um, physical flyers, stuff like that. Um, yeah, nothing I'm doing, I think is a brilliant uniqueness. I don't think, uh, I don't think you're going to get some sort of yeah, secret like, tip from me. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually surprising how uh, well Facebook ads could go either really well or just not work, I noticed. And if you uh, have a sure. targeted audience, um, for us, we found out that just having the right targeted audience and knowing who our audience is and like being as specific as possible, we're able to actually get a lot interested and get more bang for our buck than like a more generic kind of ad. Yeah. I feel like. I've been uh, diversifying my ads for single events, like having, you know, um, like multiple ads targeted at multiple people for one event. Oh, that's really so cool. There's and, specific ads yeah. that target people that can get discounts. Like there's a, you know, like a lot of like venues have military discounts or like, hey, if you're a, you know, there's like specific ads that are like uh, come to the show military discounts, but if you're not if you haven't put military as an occupation on Facebook, then you're not going to see those ads. Interesting. Do you notice any difference in like effectiveness of Facebook versus Instagram for ads? Um, for me, uh, Facebook is a lot more uh, effective for events. Um, in my personal job, like uh, or day job, back in the day, I used Instagram a lot more to sell like merchandise. Oh. So, um, that makes sense. Like I was, I would sell about, I don't know, like twenty thousand dollars in goods on Instagram from ads and posts and stuff like that, and talking to influencers. Um, That's right. Was, Instagram, the whole thing is like merch, and I know Facebook. I was just watching a preview, and F eight, they did like the Facebook conference or whatever, and I think they updated Instagram, so that way there's literally now a button where you buy the merch in the video. That's yeah. like, that's so interesting. And it make, I guess that, that makes sense. I didn't even really think of it that way. Cause like Instagram doesn't have a good events kind of platform like Facebook does. No, for sure. Facebook is definitely for like people planning on stuff. And Instagram is more for like, that's not really cool shit. I feel like. Yeah. Thank. I'm getting so many ideas now from this conversation. Um, how do you, uh, also, thanks again for doing this. I know it's not the most um, maybe interesting conversation because this is the kind of stuff that you're doing all the time, but this is actually super helpful for me. And I think yeah, no, a lot of people that want to produce their own shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what I wanted to ask is if you weren't using Eventbrite to keep emails of the people that bought tickets from you, how are you uh, maintaining your MailChimp? Um, like how am I getting more? Yeah, how are you getting more people? Yeah. 
Um, or you can ask the venues for your emails of people who bought tickets to your show. Um, you can set up uh, mobile hotspots for like you know Wi-Fi hotspots within your venue that ask for people's emails. Um, oh, that's a smart is, one. Yeah, it's, that's pretty brilliant. You know, just get um, a hotspot, let everybody sign in, and update where they are and whatnot, and then shut it off when the show starts. That's crazy. Wait, how do you do that? Does that cost a lot of money? Uh, yeah, that's that's an, uh, that's something that's going to cost you money. <laughs> you just got to buy a hotspot. Jeez, do you do that at all your shows? Um, some of them, yeah. Wow. So how many cities is Dope Show operating in right now? Um, continuously, probably like four or five. Um, I think it's, it, it, it's hard to say continuously because it's like once every four months or once a year. But um, it's been in, I think, 11 cities now. Wow. So you do it once a year or once every four months in each of those cities? Like how often are you doing shows yourself? Yeah. Um, so Spokane, Portland, Tacoma are all once a month. And then Everett, uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, LA, um, Phoenix, uh, Detroit, once a year. Okay, so the farther ones like LA, Phoenix, Detroit are once a year. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me to go out there once. It makes me makes more sense for me to go uh, traveling once a year to certain locations because I burn up a lot of money, you know, with travel expenses. Um, so if I have a show that doesn't land, then it's less of a hit to my, you know, budget. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so if I end up having to pay for something, pay for an event, and like I don't make any money off tickets, and all, like I won't be like completely. No. Yeah, totally. Um, do you have any plans to expand to more cities? Because you're mostly um, so, in the Pacific Northwest, sounds like. Yeah, it's in mostly just, uh, more places are legalizing marijuana, so I'm trying to expand as marijuana gets legalized. And my show kind of capitalizes off of uh, marijuana companies that are being successful. So it doesn't really work until the city's had marijuana legal for like at least one or two years. Oh, that is true. So, um, like, it'd be great to go out there. Like, I, I just did Edmonton, Alberta, Canada a couple weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. Um, and that was, uh, it was great, but it just, uh, it would be better if I had a sponsor, which is nobody has enough money to sponsor a show and they're, like, just starting out, you know? Yeah, and that makes really sense. Because there's, like, no competition up there for anything, so. Do you like, feel like you get more money from sponsors or from ticket sales? Um, it really depends. Like I've made ten times more money with tickets and sponsorships, and I made ten times more with sponsorships and tickets. It's just uh, it, it really depends, depends on the show. Depends on the show. How how big is your typical show? Um, anywhere between one to three hundred. So uh, our average, I think, average turnout is around one hundred seventy-five. Damn, that's so good. Um, and uh, bring out um, Spokane this year. We're like five shows so far. The first three, we had uh, like around 300 show. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's huge. Yeah. 
Um, what else I gonna ask? We had a, I had my biggest show on 420, and that was uh, every historical theater, and we brought out 700 people. Whoa, Jesus Christ! And, um, in the morning, so we had uh, two dope shows that day. We had one in Tacoma, and that brought out 200, and then that was at 4:20 p.m. And then we had one at 8 p.m. and that one brought out 700. You sold like, 900 uh, tickets? Oh my day, God! Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty insane because it's like I'm not using any names that people really know. Like that's wild did you just pump more money into the bigger venue for ads um yeah no, i spent like a few thousand advertising that show really and then like uh you do press releases uh so i contacted local newspapers like i was featured in the herald and uh i do local radio podcasts like you just gotta do you know media so you get covered by more people and then um where the radio stations did like a five minute uh, chat about me just because uh, the DJ is like a homie of mine. And uh, I did his podcast and then when he was on the radio the next day, he just talked about me for like five minutes and that just kind of gave me a pretty big bump. Wow. So if you're trying to sell out a big show, then you're hitting up all the news outlets. Yeah. You got to hit up. I mean, you got to do everything possible. Otherwise, you're just going to hate yourself when you don't sell tickets. <laughs> Like, uh, I try to do as much work, so if I sell nothing, then I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, wait, when you're coming up, because press release is kind of new to us, and we've been wanting to do that. We've gotten some press coverage from, like, Stranger and GeekWire and stuff like that. But yeah. we have a pretty big show coming up in San Francisco, and I think it would definitely benefit us to figure out how to do like a formal press release, do you actually write up something that you can send out to like everyone, like a generic kind of template? Yeah, you know, um, a good way of doing that is to uh, search uh, what, you know, um, company you want to like, you know, or what, what uh, news outlet you want to source through. Like uh, I, I looked at like, like I want to get covered in the Times, the Herald, or whatever. Um, so I look, I go to their website and I search like marijuana and then I look up all the authors that wrote about marijuana and then I write each one of those authors like a little template. Like, hey, it looks like you like to cover this type of stuff. This is something I'm doing that might interest you. Um, if you'd like to hear more, please call me back. Like, here's some of the facts about the show type of thing. Um, it's just, uh, it's a lot of cold calling and sending out emails. Yeah. It's the same thing. And, but you know, it's just persistence. That's so eventually cool. Somebody, yeah, eventually somebody will be like, all right, that sounds cool. Like, let me write something about you. Are you able to um, see like how your people <laughs> came out or like why? Um, sometimes. Usually <laughs> at the Everett show, I, I think every time I went on stage, uh, I was like, yo, make some noise. You heard about us. Do this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to cut that funding <laughs> next year. I know that's how it feels like you'll end up selling out and you'll be like, how'd you come? Is it from any of these things that are, I spent a lot of money on or like that make the most sense? And it's like no one. And it's like, what, how did you, why are you here? Yeah. Um, but you know, eventually it just becomes word of mouth. Like enough people have heard about it that now it's just like, uh, or enough people follow your, your show or something. Like you don't really need to spend much money. Like, I think I just turned on. Um, so I, that ever historical theater gave me another date this year. Um, they were stoked. I was stoked. So uh, that's so cool, dude. Yeah. So I got um, that theater is in October now. 
Um, so I'll do two a year, one in April, one in October. Wow. And, that, uh, that's 700. Jesus Christ. I think I made the event yesterday and already have like 70 people interested in it. Just uh, I haven't put any money into it. I just created the event. That's so cool. I love, that's amazing. We've yeah. had similar stuff after like big shows and it, it just, it feels so good to have yeah. like kind of a follow. You have to uh, duplicate the event. It's like a simple trick. Never like create a whole new event, you know, just duplicate the one that you already made. Yeah, um, exactly. So everybody from that event is notified. It's pretty good. Um, what was I going to say? So um oh yeah so how much are your your typical ticket prices is it like a standard comedy ticket price like ten dollars um so some clubs are between like 14 and 24 um and then those comedy clubs like also have like the right to pay for the room it depends on where i'm going to like how far away i'm going more than five hours from Seattle, then it's going to be twenty dollars minimum. Um, I think, uh, really? It's more expensive outside of Seattle. Yeah, I yeah I know because it's more expensive to go on shows. I get like tickets more expensive. Um, and the concept is so fucking like if you do your shows in Metropolis, is major Metropolis, you're going to have a better chance of um, more people seeing it because there's more people that live there, but you're also competing with so many events. Yeah. So if you do it outside of the city, if you do it in like some fucking butt fuck nowhere, we're going to sell out because you're the only fucking thing that's going on that weekend. So um, I just raise those two prices. <laughs> that's so cool. How much was the Everett show? Everett was 25 and 20. 25 for uh, if you want to sit on the ground floor and then. 20 if you want to be on the balcony wow oh my god that's insane dude i'm actually like you make that's insane from like two shows you're kind of set for the year if you want pretty much yeah it was a good day for me that's so cool that's so inspiring for putting on shows that you can just do that how do you um find these venues and uh negotiate with them typically so a big part of finding venues is one being recognized in the industry if people don't know who you are you're not going to get your show in there like it's really hard to get your show in a comedy club especially if you haven't been in one already because um, most of this shit is very uh, incestuous where they're just like if they, they need to see it work for somebody that they're competing with or they'll let you a chance type of thing uh-huh. um, but then I didn't start producing like this is probably my uh, coming up on year 10 for comedy so uh i started producing year seven um and by year seven like i i've been headlining and you know headlining comedy clubs and featuring comedy clubs uh for years so people already knew who i was they like knew that i had some swagger to me and i could bring some people out um so uh to get a new venue like honestly it's just uh having like a portfolio or a resume that you can send them um, let them know that you're not talking shit and uh depending on how big the venue is if it's just a bar or a brewery you know just fucking hit them up there's no sweat but if it's a theater or a comedy club then yeah, you gotta have a, a nice presented resume um, like don't just i don't just email comedy clubs or anything i send them a packet so it's like a everything in there so it looks very professional 
Really? And how did you, I was actually thinking about doing that because right now I'm doing emails. Um, how did you go about setting up that packet? Just like InDesign or something? Um, InDesign, I think I used Keynote. My Keynote's just super easy. Oh, so it's like a power, it's like a slide, it's a deck. It could be a slideshow, but it's just like, you could, Keynote, you can save it as a PDF or a slideshow. So, I mean, I'm not doing presentations, but if they want a presentation, I could just click presentation instead of slideshow. Gotcha. But it's just the same information. Do you have? Uh, that yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That like on there is just like who's been on your show, average turnouts, following numbers. It's just data for them. Interesting. Um, that's so cool. I I need to make that so we can send it out because right now we're just doing emails. Um, we got uh we we're doing a big comedy club though. We're doing Cobbs in San Francisco. Very cool. On Thursday, or, sorry, Thursday, June sixth. And, um, thanks man. And that's definitely something like that's a, a size we haven't encountered yet. That's like one step up from what we're, we've done. So we're going out of our comfort zone. It's a 400 seater. So, um, we've done, you know, sold 220, 250, but 400 is going to be a lot. So I'm just trying to think of all the things that we can do. And it sounds like the, the press thing you said is a big one. Press is a big thing. I mean, your show is so unique that um, like whoever you have on the show you kind of got to make sure that they're kind of a bigger deal you know uh in whatever industry because it's like you're roasting tech yeah people like have you had like a director of some company or yeah so sell out just for people who want to see their boss get exactly that's what in seattle in july we're aiming to do one a ceo roast where we roast like the ceos of like these startups and they'll hopefully just bring their the people in their company as well like how many employees are in there um i'm actually not sure some of them have like a hundred some of them 50 um but we've been getting a pretty big turnout just from uh people wanting to watch regular people who work in tech get roasted no one's been like a, a big name draw it seems like the concept has been the draw because everyone wants to roast tech in general. That's great. Yeah, thanks, dude. I'm excited about it. Um, I know we're uh, rearing up on 30 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm just want. This was so helpful for me. I feel like I learned so much. Um, yeah, no worries, man. How are you guys uh, dealing? I know how many people are uh, producing that show. It's me, Jesse, and then we have Lee helping out. A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, talking to, uh, I think I was talking to Jess. Jesse or Jess? Jesse. Jesse, yeah. How, uh, I, I noticed you guys' show, because, you know, it's, it's a show that happens at a club, and you guys sold out, I think, the first one. Yeah. Um, which, I think you sold out your second one, too, right? Uh huh. Um, you've got, we sold out most of them. Uh, yeah. We only didn't sell out. Um, we did a parlor show that had like 176 and then we did a two laugh shows that had like 170 each, but cause it was like in uh, holiday time. That's great. I mean, those are great numbers. Yeah. Thankfully we're expanding to New York, uh, in August. We're working with the old UCB Chelsea location and hopefully that'll be the spot. We don't know yet. And then LA in June. 
but we want to get this across the whole country and we can learn a lot from you know people like you who are making a living doing this which is you know the end goal yeah um and we can both uh, do it and not even directly compete because we're totally separate markets oh i don't think yeah i yeah i never i don't think any i believe in that whole if, uh, if people are going to your show, they're not going to my show. Yeah. Kind of like, if I couldn't get them to my show, then I wasn't going to get them to my show type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't mind helping out. How do you run it all by yourself, though, if it's only you? Uh, it's just, well, I mean, I have enough time. This is all I do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but um, there's like, there are a lot of fuck ups, that's for sure. Only you. <laughs> I uh, sometimes you know, like I'll forget that I book people on shows, and that's always embarrassing. Or, uh, but it's just yeah, no, I just you know make myself responsible for everything, and I have a schedule. And um, I do have a good group of friends and volunteers that can help me out if I need help with like shirt sales or um, selling merch after shows or whatever. Um, and uh, there's been a few people that have helped me get into venues, like they vouched for me. So like it's not entirely myself, but um, uh, for the most part, yeah, it's just me. Um, just think of it, wow. it's just a full-time job. Like it's just, I think of each show is like, you know, I, I, I think of it as like me headlining. Yeah, um, basically. So I just, you know, I schedule all the openers and then uh, or all the people on the show and then um, it's easy peasy, really. Do you use any kind of project management tool to help you track everything? I really should. That is the one part that I'm not good. <laughs> we just started using Reiki, and it helps a lot. Reiki? Yeah, that's yeah. one. We were thinking about Trello, um, but Reiki helps a lot. You can make projects, and we copy the project for each show. Yeah, I definitely need to streamline it. Right now, it's pretty wild, but it's you know it works works for my personality type. That's cool. Um, but uh, now I definitely need to get a little bit more project management, especially as the show continues to grow and has more monthly shows like this to get um, to be a pretty big handful after a while. Do you have any aspirations to like completely expand it all over the country? Uh, I would love to be all over the country, but you know, marijuana is legal where I can't tell. Oh yeah, that's right. It depends. It has to be legal first. One day it'd be great if I could just pivot it to be like uh, more about myself and less about the premise. Um, that's kind of what I've been trying to do. Is that you know, any goal would be so I could perform more myself and make more money on myself and the show. Yeah, exactly. I was actually going to ask, how do you uh, turn fans over who are fans of the show to becoming fans of you? Um. You know, like, I just, I do a good job when I'm on the show, and, like, that'll just, uh, hopefully convert fans in the, you know, from the show to me. Um, there's been a few times where I've headlined at the comedy club that I've had the show in, and we've always had good turnout, a lot of my from the dope show. Um, That's so cool. So, um, and right now, I'm slowly kind of pushing my face onto more advertisements so, uh, more tied to my face, you know? Yeah, uh, it's just like a subtle thing, but it'll just, people will see that you're on the show and behind the show. Exactly. So, uh, 
you know, just making it more synonymous with my, myself. Very cool. So do you have any um, plugs or anything that you want uh, have an upcoming for the audience to check out or anything people could follow? Yeah, I mean, you can always check out my website, which is whosmostweed.me. Uh, <laughs> takes you to, like, everything, essentially. Uh, all the upcoming shows. I don't know when you're going to release this. Um, but all the upcoming shows are on the Facebook page, too. Um, I think the next one is to come up this weekend. Cool. Um, Sweet Tyler, thanks for your time. Enjoy your boat. Have a good day, man. I appreciate this. This is super helpful. Yeah, thanks, Austin. I appreciate you calling and reaching out all that. Good luck with your show, man. Thanks, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week. And uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin Nasso on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A Bros, one word. Uh, we have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.